conflict has been raging on the Temple Mount for thousands of years. We've recently seen an uptick in violence, which has some suggesting peace negotiations should resume. However, Islamic State is calling for more jihad attacks in Israel and even Europe. Will we see peace or war or both? Let's talk about it. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls today. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Doug, the Islamic State is calling for jihad attacks on Israel and Europe. What in the world's going on? (laughs) Uh, Well, we know that that's uh, one of those things that's prophesied in the Bible, but you know, this particular event, Vince, this happened a year ago. Remember when we covered this a year ago with uh, the attacks that were going on there in Israel and all surrounding the Temple Mount. Uh, remember last year we were just beginning to see people uh, be able to pray up there. We were watching them do a survey up there. I think that any time there's movement toward the Temple Mount by the Jewish people, uh, the nerves of the uh, Arabs really get tense and on edge and they start the whole thing back over. So that's what we've got. You know, last week there was a push. Uh, remember, we talked about where they were going to pay people certain amounts of money the closer that they could get to the holiest of holies and try to sacrifice a lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when that began to happen, word started spreading that they were going to try to remove the al Mosque. And uh, it wasn't true at all, but that's what the Muslims were pushing. And so that's kind of where we're at, I think. That's what's driving a lot of this is the fear that Israel may try to build their temple. Well, and, the, and the people that are kind of the skeptic, you know, the negative outlook on this, they're going to say, yeah, uh, and you were talking about it the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. You've been sure. talking about it every year since 1990. <laughs> what in the world is this ever going to actually happen? Right. And so how do we, how do we communicate with people that are viewing it that way? Well, I mean, there's always going to be naysayers, especially when you're talking about the Bible and prophecies that are going to come to pass. But the thing is, the prophecies are solidified in the Word of God, so they're going to come to pass. doesn't matter what somebody's opinion is on it. It's, if it's in the Bible and it says this is going to happen, it's going to happen. So we know Israel will build that third temple, uh, and we see movement toward that getting closer and closer. There's some articles we're going to talk about today that... Uh, it may ma- make your mouth drop open when you hear it because you'll realize this is what we've been talking about that's in Scripture for a very long time. So it is coming. Yeah. Will it happen in 2022? Well, that's a good question. And I, I need a date, Doug. I, I do not know the answer When will the world you end? Will is not, it September 3rd or you're what? You're not going to get me to lock in on that for sure. That'll <laughs> cause all kinds of chaos. Well, um, you know, there is some blanks to be filled in here that you and I are not ready to commit to. End Time Ministries will will we'll say what the Bible says. Yeah. We'll teach things that we've been teaching, and that may develop over time as 
current events develop over time. Sure. Um, but there are some some speculations. Some some people are scared about what's coming. Mm-hmm. The future seems unknown and bleak. Yeah. And that's one reason why we have this new lesson called the future according to Bible prophecy. Um, in this lesson, we give a timeline of events that God gave us, right. not us as end time ministries. We, you know, we don't have a story where we saw him in a cave one day out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. But in the Bible, there's a timeline that's given between, well, I guess the beginning of time all the way through the end of the age. And so yeah. we have this uh, new video called The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Uh, we've just released it in the last few weeks. And it's available for the first time this month. It's called The Future According to Bible Prophecy. And it's available for a donation of any amount. You can watch the trailer at endtime.com slash future. And uh, like I said, you can get it for a donation of any amount. That's for this month only. And it will ship here in a few weeks because it will be in in May. And so you can pre-order it today with a donation of any amount by going to endtime.com slash future. Or give us a call at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. You don't have to be worried about these jihad attacks that are coming or uh, the election that's coming up in a few months or the election that's coming up in a few years or is Trump going to come back or not, all this stuff. You don't have to get so caught up in it that you start losing sleep at night. Uh, You can know what the future holds from a biblical perspective and how you fit into that. And you can have peace and hope and joy no matter what happens with the dollar or the economy or any of that stuff. Doug, that's one thing that we get a lot as prophecy as a prophecy ministry is you know doomsday stuff and you know the date for the end of the world or yeah. you know the rapture could happen tonight so you need to come up here and pray and donate you know $999 to make sure you get your ticket in. We don't do that here. Right. You know, we want to give hope and peace. And so we're talking about jihad attacks on Israel, but we're not doing it in a way to say, you know, we're trying to scare you into doing something. We're wanting you to know what's going on and then also say, hey, these these attacks may come, but there's also a peace deal coming. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus is coming. And it's all going to work out. Sure it is. It's all going to work out according to his plan. So that's people right. don't need to be afraid. So you know, we don't like that, though. Like Sometimes right. we want it to be our plan, our way, our timing. Yeah, well, that's human nature, and uh, we do deal with that kind of stuff. But like you said, we don't have to worry. If we're, if we're right with God, if we're doing what the Lord wants for us to do, then we don't have to worry about all this other stuff because the Bible tells us that as long as we're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything's going to work out well for us. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's hope in that. But there has been so much chaos up there this past week. Um, I even saw video footage where some of the people were throwing uh, Molotov cocktails out of the window of the Alaska Mosset, the Israeli uh, police officers there on the Temple Mount. And they actually started a small fire within the Alaska Mosque. But... Uh, it was then turned around. People took that video and blamed it on the police officers there. So they're trying to push, uh, you know, for there not to be peace on that Temple Mount. But like I said, I think a lot of it, Vince, is driven by fear. You know, this is probably the most disputed piece of real estate on the planet, you know. And, and I mean, we're talking about 45 acres of land there, but it's 45 acres of land that two, uh, two different sects of people want that piece of property and mm-hmm. and really probably more than that 
when you throw Christians in there too. So no you know, doubt, yeah. So it's interesting, and there's been a lot of devel- a lot of developments, a lot of stories that we um, could cover over this um, today. But there are a couple in particular we want to get out there and let people know about. Absolutely, we will be taking your calls. The number to join us is eight seven seven in time. talking about the conflict that's happening on the Temple Mount. We would love your perspective. If you have any questions that we can answer, we'll do our best. So give us a call. Stay tuned for more on what's happening in Jerusalem and what Islam wants to do uh, with some attacks there. So stay tuned. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, It would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com slash Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, We will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Ben Stegall here with Doug Norvell. So glad that you have joined us today. It's always good to see Judy in there, Doug. Yeah. Um, reminding us that, you know, where this is a partner-supported ministry, we, yeah. we come uh, on End of the Age every single day, every single weekday, um, for an hour on the radio, on television, on the Internet. Television isn't daily, but um, all that's available for free because of generous supporters like you. Some people give $5 a month. Some people give um, $100 a month. It's just all over um, the scale. And uh, we're very grateful for every partner that partners with us to help make this show available for free um, to all of you. And so if you're interested in helping continue to make Into the Age for free and uh, helping us do a lot more stuff in Israel and um, with understanding the end time coming up and a lot more things like that, uh, consider partnering with us at endtime.com slash give. All right, Doug, we better get into this show today because we're telling people that 
The Islamic State has called for jihad attacks on Israel and even Europe. So, yeah, let's jump into it. it. What's going on? All right, let's do it. I hear that the show didn't work on Facebook yesterday for the first, I think you told me, 15 minutes. Yeah. People are upset about that. So, we're back today. We're back today. (laughs) And uh, so, hit the share button, hit the heart icon, help us get the word out. Everybody was afraid Facebook just canceled us. Well, you never know what might happen. So, uh, Israel will not change status quo in Jerusalem. What's this about, Doug? Um, So, they're talking about in that article that they uh, are going to keep things the way they are. They're saying that we're not going to come in there and try to remove the Al-Aska Mosque. That's not what we were doing. Uh, Like I said, that video was... Uh, it was switched around, made it look like the uh, soldiers were the ones that threw the fire into the mosque. And so that's what they were saying. Look, we're we're not going to change anything that's going on on the Temple Mount right now. That's what he was saying, trying to reassure the Muslims uh, in the area in the area that, hey, this is not an attempt to try to remove your holy places from the Temple Mount. That's what that article is about. All right. Uh, but I mean. Like you said, the one that's really the kicker there is is what's been said since then. So we know, here's the thing, we know that um, they've been throwing rocks back and forth at each other. That's one of the things that's been going on up there. The Molotov cocktails have been uh, a repeated thing, too. There were people that were uh, have been injured in terrorist attacks, even... Uh, in Tel Aviv, so there were three young people that were killed in a in a car incident uh, last week because of these rumors that they were going to try to do this. So when they came out and said, when Likud came out and said, "Look, our, uh, the Lapid Party said we're not going to do this. We're going to keep things status quo." He was trying to just kind of calm everybody's nerves. But since then. Uh, it's it's even escalated more. It's been escalating every day. And so then when we have this happen uh, with this next article about the Islamic State, we've got actually ISIS participation in this article. So it's it kind of, you know, it takes it up to another level, I guess, Vince, what I'm trying to say there. Yes. So this article goes to say that uh, it's, it says giving an address for the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Abu Omar al-Mahar called for a global offensive in revenge for the death of the group's leader, Abu Ibrahim al-Karishi. You do that so well. Well, thank you. I have no idea what I'm saying or if I'm saying it right, but I'm just going with it. Last February, during an operation by the Americans in Syria, as well as the group's former spokesperson, al-Muhari Abu Hamza al-Karishi in his address titled Fight Them and God Will Chastise Them at Your Hands. Which is a direct quote from the Quran. Is that the Bible? Oh, no. Yeah, not the Bible. Their their Quran, which, remember, this is a peaceful religion. Okay? Yes. So their peaceful religion says, Fight them and God will chastise them. At your hands. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. He called for more attacks to be carried out in Europe since the opportunity is ripe for you because it is preoccupied with the war in Ukraine. Mm. Citing the March terror attacks in Israel claimed by the terror group, he called on supporters to follow their path and arm themselves with weapons and carry out further attacks. These acts cause pain in the Jews 
and showed the world that there is a difference between those who fight and die for God and those who fight for empty political slogans. He praised the attackers, saying that they fought and were killed for the sake of Allah and said that Jerusalem could only be liberated with the return of the caliphate, not by the Palestinian leaders who call, who he called secular terrorists. Yeah, so just remember that they're saying that their God, Allah, that these people are killing people for Allah. And that's totally reversed from what Christians believe, where... Their God wants you to die for him. Our God came and died for us so that we can have everlasting life. So there's a big difference in what Muslims believe and what Christians believe. And I know that may get some people upset that may be watching the show and the telephone may start ringing. We may get some threats again. But, hey, it's the truth and we got to get it out there. So, so when you see things like that and you see this is a call where he is telling people to arm up, to, to get weapons and go out and create terror and kill people. Um, that That's something that is going to... Uh, it, it's not going to be able to go out there and somebody say this without there being repercussion. There's going to be people following them mm-hmm. that are going to go out and now begin to do these terrorist acts. So, so my question today was, can we see peace when this is being pushed? Because that's what they're afraid of and that's what they're pushing against. They don't want that peace treaty between uh, the Palestinian people and the Israeli people, because they're afraid that their holy site or their third holiest site will be removed or that the Jews will attempt to do that anyway. Now, remember that the Jewish people have had control of the Temple Mount since 1967. But the WAF, the Muslim WAF, they've been the ones that's kind of patrolled it and, and kept people from being able to pray up there and all those things. Israel's kind of let them patrol and let their law and let their uh, beliefs go, you know, with, without having Israel have any kind of right to it as a holy site. And it's Israel's first holy site. So, we probably need to move on. Well, this conflict, <laughs> I was going to mention that this conflict isn't a new thing either. Right. This isn't even 40 years old. No, it's a whole lot older than that. It's thousands of years old this conflict has been <laughs> yeah, occurring. Absolutely. And we're still dealing with it to this day. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's been a need for peace for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess when we try to find peace outside of Jesus, we're not really going to get it anyway. Right. But people are calling for peace in the Middle East. President Donald Trump tried to make that happen with uh, his team, and it did not happen. Uh, There were peace deals that were made, but the specific peace deal that we talk about a lot here has not occurred yet, though Trump's deal looked a lot like that. And so now, with all this violence, there are people calling for peace. The Turkish News just put out a story, said the recent upsurge of violence in West Bank underlines the immediate need to reopen the peace process between Israelis and Palestinians. Well, they're talking about Bible prophecy here, Doug. Absolutely. Absolutely. How is this possible? <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things, Vince, where it's there's a whole lot there that should get people's attention because you're right. We get questions all the time. Why does it have to be between Israel and Palestine? Well, those are the two peoples that are fighting over that territory the most. They both claim Jerusalem as their capital. And yet here we have an EU official. Okay, So based on prophecy, 
we believe that the Antichrist will rise up out of the revived Holy Roman uh, Union, which is the, the European Union. It's the revived Holy Roman Empire is what I meant to say. But we're coming up, we're watching the EU become that. And, uh, and so now they're pushing for a peace deal where before it would have been more the UN was talking about. Now we've got the EU saying, look, we've, we've got to get peace. Now, in short, we believe it's a EU official mm-hmm. of some. Now, there would be a EU leader or whatever. I don't know uh, how they get classified. But we believe that because we, we think that that's what the Bible's saying. Right. That it's going to be a, a, a leader from the EU that ends up ultimately being the Antichrist. Right. And here we've got a story. This isn't from endtime.com. It's not an exclusive from Dave Robbins. This is a story from the Turkish news agency mm-hmm. that's saying an EU official is calling for peace to be made between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Yeah. Which is what has been in End Time's earliest publications. Yeah. All right. True. Keep going. Okay. The European Union follows the recent flare of violence in the West Bank with great concern, said Peter Stano, the European Commission's lead spokesperson on foreign policy. The EU's calls on all parties to exercise maximum restraint to refrain from violence and to avoid all forms of provocations. The latest evidence under the latest events underline again the need to restore the political horizon and to open the path towards the relaunch of the peace process as soon as possible between the Israelis and Palestinians. He added that the bloc works with both sides as well as international partners to support the relaunching of these negotiations. Tensions have been running high across Palestinian territories since the beginning of April amid repeated Israeli arrest campaigns in the occupied West Bank. Dozens of Palestinians were injured Friday in clashes with Israeli forces in the flashpoint Al-Aqsa compound in Jerusalem. Daily settler incursions into the site to celebrate the week-long Jewish Passover holiday have further inflamed the situation. The Al-Aqsa Mosque is the world's third holiest site for Muslims. Jews call the area the Temple Mount, claiming it was the site of two Jewish temples in ancient times. Israel occupied East Jerusalem, where Al-Aqsa is located during the 1967 Arab-Israeli War. It annexed the entire city in 1980 and a move never recognized by the international community. Now, Doug, I do want to add here, um, when I mention that that's in our earliest documents, I'm not saying it to say that, you know, look at us, you know, and and praise end-time ministries. I'm looking at it to say that simply that we're talking about Bible prophecy. We, our whole purpose here. It started by we explain current events through a lens of Bible prophecy. We want people to be interested in the Bible, learn more about God, grow in their discipleship, be born again. And so uh, my motivation was saying that is to say, you know, we don't have some crazy story where we saw something somewhere and we're the only ones that understand it. Right. We're reading the Bible. We're looking at current events. We think this is what the Bible's saying about these things that happened just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so I think it's amazing that we see these things occurring a lot like what we believe the Bible says. It's like when the Berlin Wall came down. Yeah. Well, that was pretty amazing that that was seen in the Bible prior to it happening. And it increases interest. And so that's, that's my uh, reason for highlighting that there. Right. 
And I mean, you're absolutely right. It's it's in Bible prophecy. That's why we always say we stick to what we know from Scripture. Uh, we don't come in here and we try to, uh, you know, make things up on the fly or we don't fall into a bunch of the conspiracy theory. What we try to do is follow Scripture. And then when we see a new story that fits that Scripture, that's when we'll talk about it and explain, look, this is exactly what that Scripture is talking about. So in this case, that's exactly what the Scripture is talking about. Uh, you know, Daniel nine twenty seven. And the thing is that, that really got me about the article, Vince, is the article says that this is, it, it states the truth that this is the third holiest site for Muslims. So they have two other holy sites uh, other than the Temple Mount. But it, it also says that uh, the Jewish people claim... Like they make a claim that this is mm-hmm. their where their first temple and their second temple was. It, it's surprising to me that so many people don't look at history and they can't open their eyes big enough to see the truth of what's there. We've been on the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. We've seen the structure that's there. We've seen the evidence and the proof that's there. All you have to do is look at it with a lens of truth and you can say, yeah, this is where that temple would have stood. Uh, there's a lot of evidence and there's a lot of physical evidence uh, that we can see, but there's also a lot of biblical evidence. You so have a picture you want to share, right? We do. We have a picture of, it, this is a topographical picture, if we can see that, um, and I'll just kind of tell you what you're looking at. So, so those of you that are listening on the radio, you can't see it, but the <laughs> folks that are watching with us, they can see this. And what you see there, I wanted you to see that Mount Moriah is the location of the temple. So if you look at the far, the top right-hand corner there, you see the retaining wall of the temple uh, mount. And then you see what is called the offal there in the middle. And then the city of David is down lower. So right now, in modern day, what we see when we look at that, it looks like one continuous mountain. But the truth of it is, is it's not one continuous mountain. Mount Moriah, which is the mountain that Abraham... Uh, took uh, Isaac up there to uh, sacrifice him and God stopped him. That's Mount Moriah is where the Temple Mount is. And so uh, the area there that's Ophel, why they call that that, that is actually, that would have been a valley uh, in in the first Temple era that was called the Valley of the Cheesemakers, which is interesting. I guess they made cheese in the valley. But each time Israel had been conquered, one of the things that they would do, the enemies would come in and destroy the cities and they would throw the rubble aside. So time over time, they would bring layers of land in and fill that in. And so what excavators have found out now is they go in there and they begin to do their archaeology. They go in there and they find the old parts of the city. And that's what the offal is there in that picture. When we get back, we got some more to share, but that that's a lot to chew on during the breaks. So. Sure is. All right, we'll be right back. We are taking your calls, 877-END-TIME. Don't forget to go to endtime.com slash future. Watch the trailer there for our latest video. We'll be right back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. We've opened lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll go straight to the phones now. Let's go to Trey in Texas. Trey, welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Trey. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Can you hear us? Hello. Trey, you're live on the air. All right. Let's put Trey on hold because uh, we're having some problems there, apparently. And uh, if we can get that squared away, we'll bring Trey back on. We've got a number of other calls that we'll get to here in a bit. But, Doug, you did want to uh, reference a video here and maybe... Set that up. Talk about it a little bit before we go back to the phone. Yeah, let me let me do one more thing before we go there. So let me just say this. So uh, we had a comment on Facebook during the break about Mount Moriah being the Temple Mount, and that is very significant. So one of the things that I was wanting to show you with that picture before, and we don't necessarily have to go back to that particular one, but uh, is the fact that those are two separate mountains and. Uh, the Bible refers to the Mount Zion as Jerusalem, which it was. It was the, the city of David. That's where David's buried. That's where the upper room would have been. All those things are, are on Mount Zion. Uh, Mount Moriah would have been the threshing floor of Arana that, that David bought. Okay, So David purchased that. Uh, and so one more thing I want to show with a picture. If we can go to the picture of the trumpeting stone. Let me just tell you about this because it's one of those pieces of evidence that's very significant. That stone right there is called the trumpeting stone. And that stone has an insignia on there. And it reads that this is the trumpeting stone. So uh, the place of the trumpet. What that means is that that's where the trumpeters would have called people to worship on the temple mount from the temple walls. It would have been up on the top of the temple walls. The trumpeter would have actually stood on that location, blew the shofar to have everyone come up. Uh, for worship at the temple. And so that stone was found at the base of the very place that everyone who goes to the Temple Mount understands the original temple stood. And it was found um, the year after the Jewish people uh, took the 
Temple Mount back in 1967. In 1968, they began to do an excavation there of that area, and that was one of the first things they found was that trumpeting stone. So having said that, there's, there's a couple of pieces of evidence that we want to show, and this is another big one, and it's the video you're talking about. So if we can go to that video, I'm just going to let it explain itself to you. So listen closely to what's being said about the Pool of Shalom and this roadway, okay? They call it the biblical superhighway, the pilgrim's path that led to the Jewish temple in ancient times. The places and events and the peoples that make Jerusalem, Jerusalem, for Christians, for Jews, it all happened here in the city of David. This is where the beating heart of Jerusalem is. We're talking about the Pool of Siloam. We're talking about Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount. We're talking about the city of David. The pilgrimage road links them all together. For Jews in ancient days, their pilgrimage began here at the Pool of Siloam. It's a mikvah or ritual bath. It's the size of two Olympic swimming pools. They would purify themselves here before going up to the Temple Mount to worship God. The historian Josephus says that 2,000 years ago on the pilgrimage festivals, there would have been more than 2 million people going up on pilgrimage. That's a lot of people who need to bathe. The pool is also where Jesus healed the blind man as recounted in the book of John. Its location was hidden by a road until 15 years ago when a sewage leak led to excavations, the discovery of the pool, and much more. The archaeologists, when they find the pool of Siloam, so they understand if that's the pool, and they know where the temple stood on the Temple Mount some 2,000 years ago. The same Temple Mount is today. Zev Orenstein with the City of David Foundation says archaeologists wondered how the pilgrims traveled from the pool to the Temple Mount. So the archaeologists widened the excavation. And we are standing on the very answer to that question. We are standing atop the ancient pilgrimage road. These are the stones that Jesus would have walked on on his way up to the temple. And now the significance of the excavation of the pilgrimage road is that for the first time in 2,000 years, visitors will be able to walk all the way from the Pool of Siloam up to the Western Wall. The word in the Bible, the Hebrew words, is aliyah regel or mm-hmm. ole regel. Now what we understand that to mean is it's a spiritual ascent. You're going up to the temple, yeah. going to Jerusalem. It's a very holy place. But Chris, when you're in the place where the Bible happened, the words of the Bible come to life. Because as we're walking right now, and I'm sure you could feel it, mm-hmm. we're walking uphill. And it was more than that. This would have been like Times Square. You would have had on both sides of the road. And keep in mind, the road is about three, four, five times wider than what we see over here. You would have had shops, stalls along both sides of the road. This is the center of Jerusalem from a spiritual perspective, from a communal perspective, also from a, a commerce perspective. According to the Israel Antiquities Authority, the road took 10 years to build from 20 to 30 A.D. and was constructed by Pontius Pilate. One of the major issues of Jerusalem is that it's a living city. All the layers, all the archaeological layers are built on top of one another and the modern uh, living uh, quarters and everything is built on top of the archaeological layers. Excavation manager Ari Levy says uncovering the road is a major engineering feat. We have modern neighborhood just above our heads, and we don't want it to collapse. After each meter that we take out, uh, each meter of soil, we enter an arch-like uh, construction like this. 
This supports the entire weight of what we have uh, above us. Along the route, you can see many places where the road remains intact and others where it's destroyed given its violent history. We know that the Romans, they destroyed Jerusalem. And if you would find everything perfectly intact, well, it wouldn't seem like much of a destruction. Among the discovered treasures are small coins minted during the Great Jewish Revolt before the Romans destroyed the temple and Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Scholars often wonder why the Jews made worthless coins instead of weapons. Orenstein has the answer. Jews of Jerusalem understood that the Romans were likely going to destroy the city. But they also believed that one day in the future, their descendants would return and find these coins, and they would know what their ancestors lived and died for, for a free Jerusalem. And here we are, nearly 2,000 years later, standing along the very same pilgrimage road here in the city of David, in Jerusalem, the capital of the Jewish state of Israel. Found, and the, the thing about it is, uh, Dave actually got to go his last time in Israel and, and walk on that road and actually see it for himself. But the thing is, it goes from the Pool of Shalom up to the Temple Mount. And like they were saying, that was a, a place where you took your ritual cleansing there in that in that pool. And we've stood there and seen that. I know when you went, you probably saw the Pool of Shalom. Mm-hmm. But that road was actually discovered because a water pipe busted. And that's how they discovered it. This, and, and it goes directly from the pool to the Temple Mount, proving that that was the Temple Mount and it belonged to the Jewish people during that time. And so... We've got this evidence, but yet you've still got these articles like the one from the EU saying that Israel claims this was the place of their first and second temple. Like they have no right to claim that. But yet all the evidence points to the first and second temple being there. So just interesting facts. And we also have facts in the Bible, too, that that give us information about the temple and the temple mount. So. What do we want to do next? I'll leave that up to you. Where do you want to go from here? Well, I, I was just thinking about how interesting it is that this stuff's being uncovered while, you know, the prophecies point toward the Temple Mount being a pretty significant place before yeah. the second coming of Jesus. And here all this stuff is happening where, um, you know, you have Jews and Arabs fighting about the Temple Mount. You have mm-hmm. people saying we need peace. You have people campaigning for them to get along and worship together up there. The Bible says that they're going to be worshiping together, maybe not directly, but there'll be room for both. Yeah. You know, don't measure the out of courts. So we, there will be a temple there. Absolutely. There will be people who aren't Jews up there doing their thing. So all this stuff is happening and they're uncovering more evidence that proves what the Word of God says is true. And then we're looking to the future as well. And it's a pretty special video to watch. And, and realize what's happening there. Yeah. So it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And you know, there's a there's a movement that has tried to take all uh, the Jewish rights to the Temple Mount away and say that it's just a Muslim uh, holy site. Mm. But the Bible, which we very much believe here at End Time, tells us that they took the Ark of the Covenant out of the city of David up to the Temple Mount. Well, one of the things about it being a threshing floor, Vince, is the threshing floor would have been an area where uh, they they had the the bulls, the oxen there that would smash the wheat 
And then they would take like a rake and they would rake it and throw the, the chaff up in the air and the wind would take it away. You wouldn't want to do that in your city area because that would pollute your city. It would pollute your water supplies and all those things. You'd want to do it at a higher elevation, which at that time Mount Moriah was higher. And you would want to have it away from the city. And it's, it's away from the city. So it makes sense that that's where it's at. And so a lot of the argument about the temple actually being in the city of David, it doesn't make sense because we know that the temple was Mount Moriah. That's where the temple was. And we know that from Second Samuel and we know it from First Chronicles. We have some scriptures there. Do you want to hit those scriptures? Whatever you want, though. Let's do it. Let's hit the scriptures. Second Samuel 24, 24 says, And the king said unto Aaronah, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And First Chronicles twenty one twenty four says, And King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. Okay, so we, we know that that's where David, he, David came from the city of David, bought this place. Uh, and he bought it for the Lord because he didn't want to have anything that he didn't have to pay a price for. So he paid a pretty price for that area. Now, 1 Kings uh, chapter 8 and Second uh, Chronicles 5 is where it tells us about the temple mount when Solomon built the temple and brought the ark up from the city of David. You want to read that now? Yeah, I'll read it if you uh, want to. First King, then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribe, the chiefs of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant out uh, of the Lord, out of the city of David, which is Zion. So it tells you specifically that the city of David is Mount Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethium, and uh, which is the seventh month, and all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought the ark of the Lord to and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priest and the Levites bring up. So it lets us know there, just like what we believe that the city of David was in Zion. But they took it up out of Zion to Mount Moriah, and that's where they took the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, pretty much Second Chronicles 5, 1 through 14 reads the same thing. Uh, it says that they brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion, and took it to the Holy Mountain. So it lets you know that that's what, where they took. So will, the, will there be jihad attacks on the Temple Mount or even in Jerusalem? I mean, there could possibly be because they're afraid that the Jews are pushing for that third temple. Will will there be a peace treaty then? There's definitely going to be a peace treaty. All right. Well, we'll talk more about it on the other side of the break and get to your calls. You can join us at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. 
My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with Endtime to help get the message of our soon-coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-ENDTIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Seagal here with Doug Norvell. We do want to get to your calls. We're going to try to go to Trey again. Trey, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, can you hear me now? We can hear you. Okay, yes. Uh, I would like to go back to refer to Genesis 16 about God's covenant with Hagar when he when he gave to her Shemuel and said he would be a wild man and his hand would be against the hand of every man. And I, I just don't see how you could have the descendants of uh, Ishmael wanting to sign a, a peace treaty with the Jews. I mean, you look at Hamas from Gaza, you look at the Palestinian Liberation Organization in Ramallah, you look at Hamas out of southern Lebanon, uh, they basically say that they need to get rid of the Jews. And you look at you look at uh, Iran, they, they want to get rid of the Jews. You know, they want Israel to be a Jewish free state. And, you know, I don't know really if this Abraham Accord, that was just really a ruse as a, as a peace treaty with the Jews, with the, with the Arab states. I mean, you know, like Saudi Arabia, Yemen, uh, Qatar. Uh, to me, that, that was, to me, only a marriage of convenience because the, the Gulf states really are, are, are afraid of Iran having a nuclear weapon. And to me, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, sometimes I just get confused. You know, especially I go back and read Genesis, and, and sometimes, it, to me, it just doesn't fit exactly what Revelation is saying. And I, I would like to have your thoughts. Well, Trey, one of the things about that is that there is a um, younger generation that's coming up. This younger generation is not so embedded in some of the beliefs that the older generations are. There's always going to be a sect of people that are going to hate Israel and want to destroy Israel. We know that that's going to exist all the way up to the Battle of Armageddon. But you're going to have the the new leaders like uh, what we see with uh, the United Arab Emirates. I mean, they're they're building areas there that uh, they call the Abrahamic House, where they're going to have a Muslim mosque, a Catholic church, and a Jewish synagogue there. Uh, their their minds are beginning to be shaped more toward peace. They see uh, that there needs to be peace. And so you're beginning to see a younger generation come up that's seeking for peace. And so uh, we know that that peace isn't going to last, but we know the peace is coming. We know that final seven years is going to bring uh, what seems like peace, at least up for three and a half years before the abomination desolation takes place. And then when that takes place, that's when the great tribulation is going to begin. And we're going to see all the things begin to happen that Revelation 11 talks about. 
Um, so when you see in Revelation 11, uh, 1 and 2, where it says that John was given a reed to measure, but, uh, to measure the, the temple, the altar, the worshipers, but not the outer court, because it's going to be given to the Gentiles uh, for 42 months. All that stuff is, is getting ready to happen, and that's what we're beginning to see. There's always going to be Arab people that hate the Jews. They're going to be part of the force that comes down at the Battle of Armageddon with Russia and the one world government uh, to take over Jerusalem and to declare that the Jews do not uh, have the rights to the capital of, of Jerusalem. Right now, we're watching even the Palestinian people that are wanting to do these deals and they're getting with some of the people of the Knesset and they're going before the UN and they're proposing a two-state solution and a sharing of the Temple Mount. It's one of the things that uh, we, we have uh, you know, information about it today from an article that came out on Friday that talks about that very thing and it's jaw-dropping because they're talking about the very thing the Bible talks about. So even though we might not be able to see it from where we're at right now, we're definitely beginning to see the beginning of that, the talks toward that. And Trey, I would add that um, what we're talking about is not a magical peace, uh, peace blanket that drops on everybody in the whole uh, nation and around the world for Arabs and Jews. We're talking about a peace treaty that's going to be signed and uh, not necessarily some you know peace that every, everyone has peace all of a sudden in their heart about the situation. So I think that's... That may be helpful to think about it in that way. Do you do you think like those those uh, terrorist groups like PLO, Hamas, and Hezbollah? Do you think they'll actually attack Israel with all their rockets, or, or do you think they're just going to wait? I mean, I, they say they have all these thousands and thousands of rockets pointed every inch of Israel. Do you do you know, or do you feel it will be just a matter of time before they actually attack Israel with all these rockets? Well, Hamas has already been launching rockets over the weekend, and uh, Israel went in and made some strikes. So, I mean, this is just, it's nothing new that's been going on for a long time. That's why the Iron Dome is so important to the Jewish people. Uh, so, there, like I said, there's always going to be terrorist attacks. There's been terrorist attacks there for as long as I can remember, as long as there's been a nation of Israel. Uh, there's been Muslims who've wanted to, to destroy Israel. And so that's that's nothing new. It's that's going to be going on. But this peace treaty is going to involve many people. And we already see that taking shape with some of the other uh, Muslim uh, countries that have signed on to the Abrahamic Accord. And so we're, we're watching that uh, already taking place. Well, there's going to be pressure put on these terrorist organizations to kind of keep them in check, I believe, uh, because that's in order for there to be peace there. It's going to have to be a restraining on some of that terror activity, but I don't think it'll go away completely. There's always going to be that, and it's probably going to be worldwide and not just focused on Israel. Thank you for your call, Trey. We do have to get to Thank other you. callers. We appreciate it very much. God bless you. All right, let's go to Janice in California. Janice, welcome to End of the Age. Thank you, and. Thank you, and thank you for talking about, uh, as we consider the deep-seated hostilities that have been going on for so long, it's, it's no wonder that God prophesies at the end time. In Zechariah 12.3, it says, at, And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away 
will surely be cut in pieces, mm -hmm. so all nations of the earth are gathered against it. And as we see this happening, we do see where God tells us through uh, King David to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we may not see that peace until Christ returns. But just what are your comments about that in the verses? Yeah, I think you're absolutely uh, dead on with that. I mean, that's exactly what that's talking about. And we're beginning to see that come to light. Uh, and so with with the situation that's going on there, we're beginning to see those nations, though, there's more and more people talking about we have to have peace uh, in Israel because everybody understands that the, everybody's eye is focused on that. Even the the Israeli, uh, the people in Israel that live there will tell you that Israel is the center of the earth. And it's true. That's where everybody's eyes are focused on Jerusalem and what happens there on a daily basis. And it, it affects all types of religions, not just the Jewish and the Arabs, but the Christian people too. It affects us. I mean, we've been doing a campaign to get the Ukrainian Jews out of Ukraine, which is a war-torn uh, area, and get them back to uh, Israel where they want to be. And yet we're sending them there and all this chaos is going on there. And so, you know, people are asking us all the time, are, are we doing the right thing by helping these Jewish uh, people make it back to Aliyah, to Israel? And I believe very much so because I believe that the scriptures are going to be fulfilled. And the Lord says he's going to bring them out of everywhere they've been scattered back to Israel. So I think we're just watching these things begin to unfold. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. God bless you. Um, okay. And Doug, you mentioned the Ukraine deal. You can learn more about what we've got going on with uh, helping Jews make Aliyah in Ukraine uh, by going to endtime.com slash Ukraine. As you know, there's a war going on there, and there are thousands of Jews trying to uh, go back to Israel and establish a life there. And we're in partnership with the Jewish agency to make that happen. And uh, your contributions have, have sent an entire plane full of Jews from Ukraine to Israel. And uh, we know that you all love the Jewish people and you all want to support the Jewish people. So we've made that need known to you. You can learn more about it at endtime.com slash Ukraine. All right. What's that, Doug? Let's get to this last part. All right. That's the jaw-dropping story. All right. Uh, let's go to Pam in, uh, from Georgia. Pam, welcome to End of the Age. Hello, how are you? We're well. How are you, Pam? I'm fine. I have a question for Brother Norvell about Zachariah, like the former caller, 1421. I, uh, I'll read it, part of it. And, and in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Um, if if there is a and there is because this is scripture, it says no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. That would be the rebuilt temple in our day and age. And this is in Zechariah um, and during the Armageddon time. Um, I'm wondering if no more means there had to be 
uh, Canaanites in the house of the Lord. And I'm wondering if that could be a Muslim Assyrian, especially since the uh, population uh, of Germany and other places, highly educated Muslims uh, coming from there, attending our uh, American institutions of learning, as well as uh, uh, speaking and uh, with the EU um, in a favorable way, very sought after there. Um, Pam, Pam, our, uh, listeners, and, Pam, our listeners are having a little hard time hearing you. Uh, so Doug's going to respond surprised. to your question, and um, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be able to hear you, Doug, on that. And uh, we'll do your best, Brother Norvell. Okay, well, I, I can't tell you for certain what exactly that scripture is referring to. I don't know if a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts is talking about an Assyrian or the Antichrist or what that's talking about. What I can tell you is I know that uh, the Bible tells us that uh, one-third of Israel is going to be brought through the fire. This particular scripture, this is going to be talking about the millennial reign at that point because it talks about uh, in verse 16 it says it it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of the nations which came against Jerusalem shall uh, even go up year after year and worship the king the Lord of hosts and keep the feast of tabernacles so this is actually in the millennium now so the battle of Armageddon has taken place after this and or it's already taken place and this is after and this is saying that the survivor of the nations the people who survive from the battle of Armageddon and and the Jewish people who are living through this will go up year after year and worship the Lord at the feast of tabernacles. So when it says there is no more Canaanite in there, I haven't ever really studied that out, so I can't give you a great answer on that, but I can tell you that uh this is the millennial time and that we know that one third of Israel is what makes it into that millennial age there. Uh because Zechariah th- uh thirteen tells us that. Thank you for your call, Pam. We are out of time for today. We've got 30 seconds left. We appreciate you giving us on the call today. Doug, there's one more story that I know you want to mention here. You want to spend more time on it, but we're out of time. When blood spills on Passover and Easter, it's time to build the temple. What in there did you want to highlight? It just says in that article that they can build a third temple on that temple mount without disrespecting the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Asqa Mosque and that even Christians are getting behind this movement now. Just like the Bible says. Just like the Bible says. All right, don't forget to go to endtime.com and watch.endtime.com. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 